Hello and welcome to Amplify. Music from Nick Roth, A Loved Along, performed by Lena Andonoska, the opening track on CMC's latest promotional album, New Music New Ireland 4. I'm Jonathan Grimes and you're listening to Amplify, episode 76. And this week we feature conversations with some of the composers who are included on New Music New Ireland 4. With me again is CMC director Yvonne Ferguson. Hi Yvonne. Hiya Jonathan. So this is a special episode of the podcast because we're just back from the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival where we had a very special weekend featuring two CMC events. Yeah, what a wonderful weekend, busy weekend of hearing new music and having conversations about new music with the artists and fellow new music enthusiasts from all over the world. And of course, we brought a lot of Irish artists over with us too, Jonathan, in our delegation that we brought to the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival. Our Ulysses Journey films are being screened right across the festival in the Die Hall. It's the final port of call for public screenings of these six unique pieces of film and music and we invited Dr Stephen Graham from Goldsmiths University to share his thoughts on the works when they started screening on Friday evening. And after hitting the pause button back in 2020, CMC was at last able to hit the play button and this week saw the release of our latest promotional album, New Music New Ireland 4, and what better place to launch it to the world than among the international new music community at Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival. And what better way to celebrate than with an incredible showcase performance from a flautist Lena Andonovska with works from Nick Roth, Judith Ring and Ian Wilson. So it's been over four years since the last album in the New Music New Ireland series and this one is particularly significant one in that it features a selection of recordings from before, during and after the pandemic. Yeah, as we always say, Jonathan, these albums that we have are a a snapshot of what's happening in time. But really, this album is a little bit more than a snapshot because we put out the call for pieces, as you say, before the pandemic and then had to recommence the process after the pandemic. So it's a really interesting selection of works and a really interesting selection in terms of the generations that are represented on this album too and a very insightful introduction from Brendan Fine which I think uh, a lot of people will find will uh, enhance their listening to the double album. And of course you can listen to the uh, album and read the liner notes by Brendan Finan by visiting our Bandcamp page on cmcireland.bandcamp.com. So we'll hear now from four of the artists featured on the album who travelled to Huddersfield at the weekend. Composer Anselm MacDonald, flautist Lena Andonoska and composers Rona Clark and Ian Wilson. <laughs> Thank you. 
My name's Anselm McDonnell and I'm a composer from Belfast in Northern Ireland. So we are here at the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival where we have just come out of a concert of Exaudi and I thought I'd grab you just to ask you a couple of uh, things not about choral music or choral writing but about your piece that features on our latest promotional release New Music New Ireland 4. Tell me about that piece and how that came about. So the piece is called Engines of Babel and it was commissioned by the Crash Ensemble for their uh, Free State concert and they played it at New Music Dublin in 2019 and it was my first time really being unleashed on kind of a chamber ensemble that large so I was really able to go to town with the effects that the instruments were using and the combination of lots of different layers of material which the piece explores very extensively. The word unleashed is an interesting and choice word for the piece. It sounds to me that you are really having a good time using all these different effects. Maybe tell me a bit more about that kind of approach or, or what, what it was you were kind of going for in, in the piece in terms of the sound world and the effects. Thinking back now to, to when I was writing it, it wasn't long after Brexit and various other kind of political issues that were going on. And one of the things that I was trying to convey in that was in the piece is the turbulence and I guess the noise and raucousness of modern industry, but also political movement. And so a lot of the instruments in the piece I'm using, like they're meant to sound like sort of engines going crazy, um, releasing steam, cogs whirring and that kind of thing. So just this idea of a form of expression that was really turbulent, that was really noisy, out of which moments of brightness would appear, but a constant kind of undercurrent of activity and uncertainty. So talk to me about the title Engines of Babel, the note on the piece that you supplied is the part from the Bible. Tell me about why you were drawn to that and why you felt that that was kind of relevant to that particular idea of what you were trying to convey in the piece. Um, So I think it's a really interesting passage, um, the confusion um, that goes on and it was that link of, I guess, humanity's attempt to build things together that is often then undercut and maybe disassembled by some of our differences um, which come between us in the case of Babel um, that's the situation of um, well both the arrogance of you know they wanted to build a tower up to heaven so that they could dispense with God and didn't need him and then the barrier that then came upon them in judgment of language and that they could no longer communicate with each other so it was that sort of furiousness of industry and desire to to do something and activity but then the frustration of being unable to work together and be unable to come to a solution that was reminding me I guess a lot of what was going on at the time. And indeed still has relevance today in the our post-pandemic world in 2022. Yes absolutely. I've certainly found actually that the noise and activity of that kind of expression that I went for in that piece has become something that's been important to my work since. Um, and several of my pieces I've reached out for that similar kind of turbulence as something to draw on. It's something that, uh, yeah, I just find myself expressing a lot in my pieces recently. 
given that you are extremely productive uh, in terms of your, your in the last number of years you've written quite a lot of uh, and you know a number of pieces you're also very young you're still in your 20s what's it like listening back to a piece you know that's three years old does it seem kind of recent or does it connect with a different Anselm MacDonald so for me I try, I try to stand behind as many old pieces as I can having said that there are a couple of pieces from my back catalogue that I think don't kind of represent what I'm doing currently uh, but others that I can see very clearly the threads that are carried through Engines of Babel is one of those interestingly I think it relates actually a lot to the ensemble I'm working with and how comfortable I feel with them, which is something that's been fantastic with Crash. I've worked with Crash a couple of times and I'm working with them on a new piece and I find working with them is always such fun and I always feel so free to kind of explore and to express myself and they're going to support that. So I think that really impacts then on how personal the piece is and how much I feel it's fitted into my composer voice in kind of air quotes um, whereas maybe other pieces where the, the experience of creating the piece has been a bit more distant those are situations then where maybe what I've created has been a wee bit stilted um, or is, is not something that I look back and go oh yeah I want to build on that sort of thing. mentioned Crash and this was your first time working on them at their their you know famous Free State um, a series of concerts where they're you know showcasing work by you know up and coming composers and the last time we spoke which is in a kind of a similar environment post concert was for the workshop that took place during New Music Dublin and that's also for, with the with the Crash ensemble where you were playing I guess fragments of the work and and that's what you're working on now isn't it well I, actually I, after we after we finish our conversation I'm going to extract parts on the piece for the next workshop so lit- literally I'm working on it now um, so it's called Honold and it's a it's a larger so it's for the full ensemble again but this is uh, it's a piece for their crash work scheme and um, it's, it's going to be about about 12 minutes long so it's the opportunity to return to that medium of the large ensemble but I have a good bit more experience with writing for ensembles that size and also for all the individual instruments so I feel that for me this piece is a lot more focused than Engines of Babel was it's still experimental I'm still kind of pushing the boat out as as kind of Crash always helps me to do but I feel I'm able to kind of focus in a lot more on particular ideas and express those in this piece so I'm interested to, to hear how it kind of comes out at the end well we look forward to that thank you Jonathan we're in the Phipps Hall in Huddersfield just after the launch of our album New Music New Ireland and I'm delighted to be with Lena and Anoska. Lena Fantastic. So well done on the performance. It was an amazing experience and I think everybody really, really enjoyed it. How is it for you? I was just saying um, I feel very supported by um, my Irish family and my Irish community, but also the vibe here in Huddersfield. It's my first time and kind of from the very beginning of the day, you know, going down for breakfast and immediately 
you know, running into a great mentor of mine, Richard Craig, the flautist, um, who's actually also on the album. Like, it just set me up for a great day. You know, always after a, a concert, I'm always very reflective of what has just happened. And I feel very supported. I guess a, a general kind of sense of support and love even <laughs> in the community. And it's just so nice to be surrounded by all of my Irish family, yeah. <laughs> I have to say it's not often that I feel genuinely proud you know of what I do or what we do this is certainly one of them for me to be in this kind of setting launching an album which is a big thing for for CMC but also to be to have so many composers present and uh, and to have yourself playing I feel very privileged to be doing what I do and to be a musician and to be in this kind of an environment surrounded by people that have become my family over the seven years I've lived in Ireland. As a, you know, a new Irish person, I feel proud to represent the creativity that is going on around me on a daily basis when I'm at home. It's a great honour to be representing the many performers that dedicate their time and work to, you know, creativity in Ireland and, and also spreading it and sharing it to people around the world so I you know I'm very honored one of the things that struck me is two of the pieces were written for you right so that's very much part of your kind of practice in terms of you know you talk about the community and the support and everything and that's that's a real part of your of your of your work right that's yeah and when the CMC invited me to do a short snapshot I was spoilt for choice, really, because I was looking at the composers who were on the album and I wanted to highlight the composers' music who were featured. And pretty much almost all of the composers have written for flute solos. The more we can generate new creation, new creativity, that is our mission, you know, as performers and as advocates for the art form. <laughs> Maybe just tell me a little bit about Nick's piece because that was, I suppose, the tour de force in that it wasn't just you playing three flutes. It also involved other things as well that, that are, are particular to you. Yeah, that was, I think, an adaptation of his recorder trio. And I hope I get this right. It's like the final 608 words, something like that, of Finnegan's Wake. I think Joyce's text can be percussive. And so as a way to present this kind of percussive sound world. Nick also is aware that in a previous life, I wanted to be a flamenco dancer when I grew up, when I was a little girl. Um, and so I trained um, with the, with the one of, you know, the main, main company in, in Madrid um, when I was 17. And so as a way to portray that percussiveness, he is notated like a footwork accompaniment to the flute playing, which gives it a different dimension or like a new dimension. Um, it's very gestural and sometimes I speak the text through, through the instrument literally. Sometimes the text is translated into sound and into 
a melody. Sometimes it's completely translated into effects, whether that's extended techniques on the instruments themselves, so the bass flute, the concert flute and the piccolo head join, or the percussive nature of flamenco footwork. So there's a lot there's a lot going on and there's a real physicality behind the piece. I always get very sweaty playing that piece, you know, as a kind of a more like flute technical note, like, you know, just kind of wiping the sweat off my lip to get the flute in the right position. That's definitely something I need to master in his his piece. But um, I love the way composers, you know, they kind of push the boundaries of what we can do as performers. And that's also like a, a responsibility that we have to the music of our time is how can we extend the art form? In what ways can we extend the art form? It's something that Nick does so well in the way he composes and all of the works um, that I've presented are just, you know, these inspired works um, and creations. And so I'm, yeah, again, pr privileged to bring them to life. We've just finished the launch and showcase performance by Lena Andonoska for New Music New Ireland 4. And I'm here with one of the composers, Rona Clark. Rona, how are you doing? Hiya, Jonathan. That was just a lovely occasion. It really was. Lena's playing was just superb. Tell me about the piece that's featured on this album. It's called Seen From Above. And it was a piece that was commissioned by Belfast Chamber Music Festival in 2019. And at the time, they knew that Adam Walker would definitely be coming. And they weren't quite sure about who the other performers would be. But then um, they asked for a piece for flute, viola and harp. And the two other performers happened to be sisters. They live in completely different countries. Agnès Clément and Hélène Clément. The title comes from what influenced the piece, and that was photographs by Bertinsky. He's a Canadian photographer, and he photographs landscapes that have in some way been interfered with by man. So things like, you know, the sites that have been left after mining or intensive farming or things that are quite worrying at this stage, you know, on the planet. But yet he produces these magnificent, very, very large photographs filmed from above, um, usually using drones that are exceptionally beautiful.
are drawn in um, to look and to see what is really happening, you know, the actual destruction of um, land. The detail only appears when you look up close. You know? And I think I've, uh, there are three movements and I based each of the three movements on particular photographs, looked for contrasting images. And they really are contrasting because, you know, he has filmed all over the world. So the landscapes are, are completely different. The objective wasn't just to reproduce the image in a piece of music. They were merely stimulus, you know, for ideas. Uh, for example, there was one which had, um, it was mines and it had this cruciform shape in one place. And it just provoked an idea to use diezire, the, the chant diezire referring at least to the chant diezire but it's in a context that is you know very different to the usual song context and there are harsh sounds around it and extended techniques and so on as i said it's not, it wasn't just to reproduce the images in sound i would not be able to do that nor would i want to i'm producing music at the end of the day and um, so the photographs provide a kind of inspiration or a starting point perhaps mood atmosphere that kind of thing Sunday afternoon, we're in the Richard Steinitz building, and I am with Ian Wilson. Ian, tell me about your piece on this promotional album, New Music, New Ireland. It's a piece that dates back from 2018, isn't it? That's right, Wild is the Wind. I had been in touch with the bass clarinetist Gareth Davis for, for some time, like just very occasionally over many, many years, we were trying to, to find an opportunity to do something together. And eventually he said, listen, I've got this ongoing project called Standards, where I'm asking composers to respond to one of their favorite jazz tunes. So I thought, great, that sounds perfect. I'm a huge jazz fan. So I asked my wife for one of her favorite tunes. She suggested Nina Simone's version of Wild is the Wind, which I think more people know in the David Bowie version, but Nina's version is lovely. And this was great because I actually didn't know that. So I took that tune, I deconstructed it, I had Gareth play with a lot of extended techniques just uh, I mean the idea of the wind obviously so you know there's a lot of um, breath sound but he's an amazing performer and th th what the version that you have on the album is actually a live version that he played at uh, Gaudiamus festival that year 2018 it's a stunning performance I mean he's so physical in how he approaches everything and I was, I was really knocked out by it, and I, I, I asked him if we could use that for, for CD. So basically, yeah, it's a combination of fragments of the original version transcribed and just a lot of, I suppose, sonic context. Not for the sake of it, but really I think it, it amplifies the emotional and the, the sonic sound world I was trying to achieve.
How far away do you need to go from a recognisable piece like that while still retaining something of the essence of the, the, the original piece itself? But talk to me a little bit about that kind of process that, that you go through as a composer, because presumably it's, it's quite different from writing a piece. You're kind of basing it on material, or is it different? Well, up to a point, I suppose, because you're working with found material. It's the musical equivalent of found objects in visual art. And I actually do really enjoy that process because it takes you out of your own head in a way. You're given something concrete that's not yours, that you haven't made, and you have to do something with it. And I do really enjoy that process. So in this instance, I, I don't care if anybody can't hear the tune in there. It's not important. It's not in any way an arrangement you know, it's, it's something far, far beyond that. The thing has been smashed and I've taken a few fragments and I've dropped them into a completely different context. But there's something of the melancholy of the original still there and I've just tried to recontextualize that sonically. With every piece, I just start out with the vaguest ideas of, of intentions and directions. And it's not until I really start writing that I'm, I'm clear where I'm going. So with this piece, I knew that it had to, in the most tenuous way, relate to the, to the original tune and performance, because some of Nina's performative gestures, how she sings, uh, which is different than, than how Bowie sings it, are, are things that I've tried to pick up on. And those find their way into the gestures that Gareth plays on the on the bass clarinet. Some of the artists who feature on our promotional album, New Music, New Ireland 4. And Yvonne, the launch of our promotional album wasn't the only event in the opening weekend to feature Irish composers. There's also a strong focus on new music from Ireland for this festival, but there's also a lot more to come over the next number of festivals, isn't there? That's right, Jonathan. This is just the first year in a three-year focus on contemporary music from Ireland at Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival, supported by Culture Ireland. And I suppose last Sunday you could say there was a a bit of a greening of the festival, given that uh, we had our launch of New Music New Ireland 4. There was a performance by Red Note Ensemble of uh, works by Anne Clear, Nick Roth and Una Monaghan. And then Andreas Beauregard performed Jennifer Walsh's Self Care, which Irish audiences enjoyed in April at the New Music Dublin Festival. And this weekend to come, the focus on contemporary music from Ireland continues at Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival with Barry O'Halpin's epic wing form performed by Crash Ensemble with the composer on the guitar. And on the 27th of November, the festival features the world premiere of Water Witch by Linda Buckley performed by Andrew Zelensky on piano and electronics in a programme featuring new music by fellow CMC composers Dunica Dennehy and more music from Barry O'Halpin. So I had a chat with Artistic Director of the Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival, Graham McKenzie, about this focus on new music from Ireland over the next three years. I'm Graham McKenzie and I'm the Artistic Director of Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival. 
Grim, we're here at the 2022 Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival. It's the first full festival since 2019. A wonderful uh, occasion, but a particularly special occasion for those of us from contemporary music from Ireland. Yeah, that's right. It's great to be back to uh, full capacity, uh, as you say, first time since uh, 2019. And actually, it's a very special year in relation to partnerships uh, as well. And uh, one of those partnerships, of course, is uh, it's the first year of a three-year partnership with, uh, with Culture Ireland. And we have a number of uh, Irish composers who are here at the festival as guests and as delegates to the festival. Uh, and they've been brought uh, to the festival by uh, Contemporary Music Centre, CMC. And uh, we're looking... Uh, really to uh, help uh, CMC to help us get a real kind of dig deep into uh, what's going on, particularly amongst the younger generation of, uh, of Irish uh, artists. We've got a programme this year uh, with some uh, commissions to Irish artists. Una Monaghan we're going to hear uh, later today, Irish composer who I think... Uh, it's fantastic. And what's really interesting, you know, I, I heard Una uh, a couple of years ago when I was invited by CMC to New Music Dublin and I was really interested in what she was doing. Uh, last year I heard her with, I think, with Crash Ensemble. Uh, but I have to say, in those kind of intervening years, I think her work has just come on amazingly. And it's almost dealing now with a different artist that's become so mature uh, in terms of what she's doing and the direction she's going in and the clarity that she's got to her work now. That uh, that development has just been absolutely uh, fantastic. We're also going to hear works by Anne Clear and Nick Roth in that concert alongside Una Monaghan's new work. Uh, they'll be performed by the Red Note Ensemble now. Anne is a composer, of course, that has featured before uh, at Huddersfield um, with a big portrait concert in 2019, of course, too. And um, you've programmed her in, in this concert for, for Red Note as well. Yeah, we have. I mean, Anne Clear is a, is a composer that we are very much interested in. And, uh, you know, we haven't announced it yet, I don't think, but it's no secret there is a, a large-scale commission to Anne Clear next year for, uh, with Crash Ensemble. Uh, that we're we're involved in along with November music actually in uh, in, in the Netherlands. So it's a, it's a three-way uh, uh, commission collaboration at the moment, and uh, that's going to be very special. That will be at the opening weekend uh, next year. And then with Nick Roth, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I my dealings with Nick Roth have generally been Nick Roth diatribe records, and I have to say that that we have some exciting projects over the next two years with Diatribe that I'll talk about on another occasion. We've still got to work out some of the details. So, But Nick's here as a, as a composer and a, and a performer this year as well. He's going to be performing with Red Knot. But, uh, but Nick is just one of those people where you sit down and have a cup of tea and, and then you've got like five projects by the time you've finished the cup of tea. Uh, he's, he is always gets so many ideas uh, and things that uh, he's interested in doing. Um, but the, the thing is, he actually does most of them. And, and 
Hearing you speak there about the various ideas and the various plans for the three year, it really strikes me that like you need a minimum of a three year partnership to to develop these projects with international partners, composers, performers, ensembles. I mean, you really need a minimum of that, especially for major commissions. I, I think that's right. You know, we we have these partnership agreements with other countries. Uh, you know, we always look for three year commitment to start with. Uh, because that gives enough time uh, really to uh, start to uh, dig deep into the, the, the veins of music in that country. Uh, it allows us to start to talk about collaborations and particularly artistic collaborations with artists from the partnership country in the U and the UK. And it also gives uh, an opportunity for some of our other international partners to see the composers and artists from that country. So, for example, you know, we have delegates from all over the world here uh, this year, including Brazil, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, as well as a number of European countries, Spain and uh, Norway and whatnot. Uh, and I always say, if you're in a partnership with HCMF, you're in a partnership with all our partners. So part of the idea for me is that working with Irish composers over the next uh, three years, we are starting to introduce those Irish composers to some of the partners around the world that we work with. Because, you know, whenever I commission a piece of music uh, or produce some, a project, we want that to be disseminated as widely as possible. I'm never interested in something that's going to have one performance. Uh, it must have three, four performances, ideally six, in different parts of the world. Uh, and that makes everything very viable and cost-effective as well, you know, because, you know, we're not a rich festival, you know, we, we're in the UK. The UK doesn't generally like to support artists too much. So, from the, out of necessity, we have to be very collaborative and, and we can put some money on the table to kickstart something and say to other potential partners, look, we're investing in this and get them to invest too. And then the artist knows that they've got those performances, say at least four, before they start the project, which I think is incredibly, uh, incredibly healthy. But some of the other international partnership agreements we've had, you know, it started with three years, uh, it's then turned into five, six years. Uh, and then on other occasions, you know, we've, we've now come back and we've had the partnership agreement several years ago and of course things change in seven years and you come back and you say time for another one you know and uh, you know and I think I think most people or most partners so far feel they've had very good value for that investment and uh, and we have as well so it's uh, you know it's a perfect partnership. Graham McKenzie thank you very much and all best wishes for the rest of the the festival here at Huddersfield. Artistic Director of Huddersfield Contemporary Music Festival, Graeme McKenzie. That's all for this week. We'll be back again with more conversations with Irish composers and musicians. Until then, thanks for listening.